Hello, and welcome to Wayward Witch, a pagan podcast. My name is Miranda, and I'll be leading you on this journey through non-denominational paganism and the occult. If you would like to follow me on social media, you can find this podcast on Facebook and Instagram at Wayward Witch Podcast, or on Twitter at WayWitchCast. Let's start this journey together. As per the last episode, I did promise that we were going to talk about curses, um, because a lot of you often ask about that. So I think where we need to start off is understanding what a curse or a hex is. And what that is, is somebody's intention set to cause you some form of harm. This could be general misfortune, it could be minor inconveniences, it could be something really traumatic like, you know, wishing death upon you or somebody else that you love. But I think the most important thing to understand is most of the time, whenever somebody says that they're going to hex or curse you, they don't, or they lack the ability to do it properly. Hexing and cursing takes a lot of energy and a lot of focused intent which a lot of people haven't really honed that yet. I'm not saying that everybody can't curse. I'm not saying that, you know, not a lot of people have the ability. I'm saying that a lot of people, whenever they are in the heat of the moment and they're angry and they're being spiteful and vengeful, don't have the laser focus needed nor the energy needed to carry one out properly. So the question I've been getting a lot is how to prevent and remove curses from yourself. And I think the best part, the best part for us to focus on right now is how to prevent them. And then we'll later get into how to end them or remove them from yourself. So preventative measures could be shields, wards, protection, magic, and to simply relax. So if you are not familiar with shields, What they are is they create a protective barrier around you to kind of bounce things off of yourself should anybody use any kind of offensive magic towards you. Wards, on the other hand, are kind of like a magnet. So I'm sure most of you have taken magnets, you know, especially as kids, where we will put the same polarity together and try to see if we could shove that together and it just doesn't happen. So wards kind of act that way. They are not directly around our bodies, but they are a little bit further out and could even be around your whole home. It could be around your whole city. doesn't really matter. Um, It depends on how well you can set that. But what it does is it kind of repels things rather than having things hit you and then bounce off. So I think that's a personally, I think it's a better route to go about than shields, though wards take a little more focus and a little more attention. A lot of times whenever you're using a ward, you have to maintain that thought process and an intention and all of these other things to keep that going. And I don't know of many people that can spend 24 hours, hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year doing that. We are all a little too busy for that. So I think it's really important to use those things as you, as you need to, if that makes sense. Um, So if you know that somebody is currently cursing you or somebody's speaking ill of you in that moment or during that day, that's whenever you would want to use a ward. Now, as far as protection magic, you can use things like amulets, spell work, sigils, crystals, all of that stuff. 
And it's just another preventative measure to where you can wear something or you can keep something in your home in order to stave off that kind of thing, to stave off the the hexes, the curses, even just general bad energy. And I think that's something that everybody should do anyway, is to create a sort of protective um, state in your home or even in your work, if you have that ability to do so. Most importantly, out of all of this, though, you need to relax. And I know that's really hard to do whenever you're in a panic state and you think that somebody has caused harm to you. But most of the time, whenever you think that you've been hexed, um, you haven't been. I think, as I said in the previous episode, that the greatest curse of all is for somebody to simply go up to somebody else and say, I'm going to hex you. Because then you're implanting that seed in their head and it creates a state of paranoia. And ultimately, the person who says that is the winner. So I think it's really important to sit back, relax, take deep breaths, and understand that it's not the end of the world. You are not going to die. Your loved ones are not going to die. Everything will be okay as long as you can remove that curse from yourself or your loved ones. I do want to say that it's actually incredibly easy to do so. So maybe having this little bit of information can help you and put your mind at ease. Now let's talk about cleansing methods whenever something has actually happened to you and you want to remove that off of yourself. You can you can smoke cleanse. Um, I personally use cedar. I know that I've preached a lot on here about how I'm really not big on sage. Um, but I mean, if, if you want to use that, go ahead and use it. But I'm the kind of person that would prefer to personally harvest my my methods, my my materials, I guess you could say, um, or have them gifted to me. Like recently, my brother-in-law has actually gifted me a giant cedar branch. So I've been wrapping all of that up um, for my own little smoke cleansing bundles. So you can go about it that way. Or if you don't have the ability to smoke cleanse, whether it's because of allergies, asthma, or your smoke detectors go off really bad, or anything of the like, if you're in a dorm room or you're not out of the broom closet yet, um, you can make a smokeless cleansing spray. You want to use alcohol of some sort, the higher the proof, the better. Vodka is the best. And steep whichever plant matter or stone that you want to put into the bottle for that purpose. You can also take a cleansing bath. You want to use Epsom salts infused with stones, herbs, essential oils, whatever that suits your needs to break the hacks. We are going to go over some correspondences for that at the end, just in case you don't know what kind of things you should be adding or could be adding. You can also revoke the power over you. Whether with ritual or meditation, take the time to really focus on removing their power over you. Ghani once said, no one can hurt me without my permission, and that rings true so much with hexes. I think it's really important to understand here that we we hear often about bodily autonomy, but we also need to really grasp the concept of spiritual autonomy. And what that means is that you have your own power over your spiritual self, and allowing other people to attack you in any way, shape, or form doesn't really strengthen the idea of self at all. And I understand that a lot of this comes from confusion. Maybe you're not, you know, used to the the occult yet. 
or maybe it comes from a place of trauma, you know, where you feel like you, you can't protect yourself and you're at a weak point right now, but taking back that spiritual autonomy as, as well as your bodily autonomy, if, if that's been revoked from you as well, is really empowering and it keeps you a little more safe in your workings. I know that I had also mentioned mirror boxes. Now, I, they're like these little boxes with mirrors in it. They're very reflective. And what they do is they put people in a proverbial timeout. And it reflects all of their negative energy that they have put onto you back onto them. Um, I recently saw a video where someone used a mint can like Altoids to place a mirror into it for this purpose. And I think it's absolutely brilliant. You want to place a tag lock of the person inside of the box without looking into the mirror and set intention through whatever means you prefer. I personally use prayer. You want to have their work reversed back onto them and taking it off of you. This is offensive magic, or as a lot of people call it, black magic. Um, so if that doesn't really fit into your moral compass or your personal practice, like if you're practicing Wicca and you're using love and light, um, you kind of want to stray away from this because it, it is against that, that code because you're taking away the consent of the other person and you are in it, essentially, um, doing harm unto them. Although it is a, it's a very subtle harm in my experience, but harm is harm is harm. I get that. Um, I think cord cutting is really great too. I've seen rituals where people will bind their hands or bind their feet with cord, or they'll tie a string to two candles and have it burnt from a lit candle between the two. I've even seen people that have laid a cord between two objects that represent you and the other person. I, I think they're all great, in all honesty. I really, really love cord cutting. It's also really effective if you're going through things like heartbreak. Or if you're wanting to develop boundaries and cut ties with somebody that may have harmed you, like if you if you have negative family members or you're getting over a friend breakup, anything like that, cord cutting is absolutely phenomenal and it does fit into love and light. This also pairs really well with the aforementioned protective magic practices, because what that essentially does is it creates a sealant. So whenever you're doing something like a cord cutting or any of these methods, actually, right after you do them, you want to use protective magic because you're essentially flushing all of all of that negativity off of you and to make sure that it never comes back or it there's no residual stuff that could just soak back onto you. You want to create that layer of protection. Once you're done cutting the cords, you want to dispose of them. And before disposing of them, you do want to burn them down to ash. If you live in an area where you can bury things, you have a yard, whatever it is, you can go ahead and take those ashes and put them in the soil. Or if you're an urban witch and you don't have access to that, you can just flush the ashes down the toilet or rinse them down the drain. I think it's really important here, however, to really focus on not using synthetic materials. You don't want to use a plastic cord or anything made out of like polyester, stuff like that. Use a very natural cord. That way it does decompose properly in whether the, the waterways of your locality or if you're going to bury it. 
because we don't want to add to more pollution. I mean, you all know that we're we're nature worshippers after all. Now on to all of the correspondences that go with this. And I understand it's going to be a mouthful. I'm just going to list all of these off and I will also post links on the social media about where I got this information from so that you can go back and possibly copy paste stuff and put it inside of your grimoire, book of shadows, whatever you want to call it, maybe save it onto your computer, whatever you want to do. Um, so the herbs list is from a website called Esoteric Bookshop, and they go as follows. We have Agrimony, Angelica Root, Asafoetida Powder, I'm probably really butchering that word, Batwing Herb, also known as Holly, Bay Leaves, Betony, Birch Leaf, Blessed Thistle, Bloodroot, Boneset, Brimstone, also known as sulfur, bird rock root, calamus root, also known as sweet flag, camphor gum, celidoin or celadine, chaffarel, red clover, cloves, comfrey, devil's bit, devil's bone root, devil's claw, dragon's blood resin, dragon's tears, elderflowers, eye bright, fennel, feverfew, frankincense, fumitory, galangal root, also known as low john the conqueror, hemlock, hyssop, jasmine flowers, juniper berries, linden flowers, also known as lime flowers, mullen, myrgum, nettle, and oak twigs. You can find most of these probably in your area and just forage for them if you would like. If you don't have that option, obviously you can buy them. I personally think that foraging for items and finding them out in nature actually works a little bit better for me. It may not be as aesthetic, but they they work beautifully. As far as crystals and other items, I found this wonderful person on Amino Apps. Her name is the Blessed Bee, B-E-E, as in the little, the little bumblebee. And she really has a whole lot of stuff there. So this, again, is going to be a mouthful, and I'll post links on social media. We have, for the crystals, Fire Opal, Amethyst, Hematite, Bloodstone, Maldivite, Sapphire, Jade, Smoky Quartz, Carnelian, Obsidian, Black Tourmaline, Amber, Labradorite, Kunsite, Malachite, Clear Quartz, Selenite, Tiger's Eye, Howlite, Apache Tear, Rose Quartz, Jet, Starlite, Blue Kyanite, Spirit Quartz, Celestite, Fire Agate, Jasper, Fluorite. I know I've mentioned before, and I want to put this there again in case you don't remember, please be careful with finding stones. Um, there are a lot of counterfeits. Another thing that I didn't really think about, and I'm kind of upset with myself about not thinking about this, is make sure that they are ethically sourced. A lot of stones that we are getting do come from slave labor overseas um, and child labor and all that fun stuff. Just make sure that it's eth ethically sourced. It might be a little more expensive, but it's what's the cost of slavery? Like, just break that tie 
for colors, we have black, purple, red, white, and blue. As for tools, we have bells, flutes, salt, holy water, gin, black salt, horseshoes, blue eyes, rusty nails, witches' bottles, mirrors, and the rock-on hand symbol, or the horn hand. And as for oils, we have clove oil, patchouli oil, olive oil, and rosemary oil. I find that a lot of these things are just really accessible and really inexpensive, so hopefully all of that really does help you. And in the end, if if you're like me and you're you're kind of fond of offensive magic, you could always hex them back, but I'm not going to promote that by any means. I want to thank you all for being so patient and listening in today. This should be reaching your ears at roughly 8 o'clock in the morning, Central Standard Time, which is around where I am. I want to give a huge shout out and a big thank you to Gina Simmons for continuing to support Wayward Witch. You are absolutely amazing. And if any of you would like to come over to Patreon and support me, you obviously can. Just look for Wayward Witch Podcast, and I'm not going to plug that too much. Because as you all know, I do not believe in advertisements. I believe that information should be free and available for everybody. If you were going to, you know, contribute to Patreon, um, it, it does all go back into production and all of that fun stuff. Um, if any of you have any questions, concerns, emotional outbursts, or you want to add something to the podcast and want a particular subject covered, my inbox is always open. I would love to hear from you. Um, and I think that's about it. Again, I will be working on the Samhain episode, as I believe that that's the most common name for it for most people. So that's hopefully going to be out within the next couple of weeks. It is a huge undertaking, but we've got this. Thoughts and prayers, I suppose. (laughs) So until next time, as always, be kind, be brave, be unstoppable. I'll see you next time.